Amen. Good morning, everybody. My name is Matthew Gerber, for those of you who don't know me. And uh, after that phenomenal uh, introduction from Pastor, I'm going to take the next couple minutes to lower your expectations a little bit. <laughs> no. Well, thank, I want to uh, thank you, Pastor, for giving me the opportunity to preach today. Um, as most of you know, I am traveling out of the country tomorrow, so this is a, a privilege and an honor, uh, both for the timing and to be able to speak to my home church. Um, I have called this church uh, home for uh, 30 years, no, 32 years. So um, it's, it's, this church has been a tremendous blessing, and the amount of which will not be uh, fully visible until we're all spending eternity in glory together. But I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who have uh, played such a, a big role uh, in my life. And not only in my life, but also the uh, life of my uh, family and the life of my children. Um, I'm going to be gone for about a month, and uh, for those of you who do know my two girls, it is... Uh, I'm kind of worried I'm going to come back, and Evelyn's going to be taller than me. So, you know, she's, uh, so I'm going to pray the whole time I'm there that neither of my kids grow at all. I can press the pause button on them. And again, Pastor, thank you for the opportunity to speak today. I do have uh, kind of mixed feelings about sitting on the platform. It's a very odd thing to do before a message. It's uh, both very comfortable because of these chairs, which, I don't know, Pastor, was there a vote uh, between... Uh, this chair and, and some like this. For, I mean, no, there's no, okay. But uh, that was my first time sitting there. So for, for on one hand, it was really nice. On the other hand, I'm always scared somebody's going to turn this on during the congregationals. And I'm gonna, you're just going to hear me blast through the loudspeakers. And then on, the, on a good note, um, sitting right there during a choir special like this morning, that was pretty cool. It was like sitting in the most advanced surround sound system. So I would encourage, they're going to sing tonight, right, Pastor? I would encourage as many of you as can fit up here and, and you, know, you know, get a seat. You know, you know I, would, I would highly encourage that, Pastor's over there. No, no. I would say that Darcy Raymond is the voice of an angel. She was sitting right behind this ear here. That was awesome. Very good. Well, anyway, uh, we read together a moment ago, uh, Matthew chapter number 6, a few verses there, verse number 9 uh, through verse number 13. This, of course, is the model prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples. Uh, Jesus led by example in everything he did. He, uh, of course, gave many commands to his followers. He gave many commands to those that would follow him. Uh, but he never... Um, he never taught or forced upon his learners something that he himself wouldn't teach and lead by example. We saw um, uh, where Jesus leads us by example on how to combat temptation. We saw how Jesus uh, in the New Testament led us to, um, to be servants. Remember, by the washing of the feet as disciples. Here is no different. He teaches them and models a prayer. Now, we're not, I'm not going to preach a message about prayer today. I want to focus in on a very specific concept. Um, my message is going to be very simple today. It's going to be simple. It's not going to be uh, very long because I hear the, the stomachs grumbling right now. Uh, but we're going to focus in on uh, uh, verse number 10 mostly. So the Bible says, so let's start in verse number 9 again. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Verse number 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Today I want to talk about the will of God. And uh, so let's pray, and then we'll begin with this concept. 
Lord, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for my church. I thank you for my pastor, and I thank you for everybody in this building today, Lord. I thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house. I thank you for the privilege that we have to uh, hold your word in our laps, and the privilege that we have to be able to read your word, Lord, and not, God, it's, uh, it's, we can do so freely. I pray that we would take advantage of that. Lord, as we open your word this morning, we ask that you would direct everything that is spoken about it. God, I pray that you would replace my words with yours. I pray that you would uh, give me the mind of Christ, Lord. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit so that I can uh, convey this message that I know that you've laid in my heart. Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross. I pray that I wouldn't say anything you don't want me to say. And God, I, I pray for all of us this morning that you would give us hearts that are willing and ready to be changed by the things that we learn from your word. I pray that none of us would um, take a position of pride and reject your message, but Lord, I pray that all of us would be uh, tender and movable um, based on the things you tell us. God, we ask that you would be a part of this service today, and Lord, I pray that you would just uh, be with, uh, be with the rest of this message and the rest of this day here in church. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So here, um, very often in church and in youth conferences and missions conferences and you know, pretty much surrounding any type of church environment, we very often hear the, the phrase or the term, the will of God. Would you all agree with that? We hear the term, the will of God, kind of a thrown about casually. And it, it's... It means something very specific, but it kind of gets uh, broadened out as we talk about it. Um, but maybe it's because I'm kind of dense, you know, and I take, I take a while to learn things. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I'm a pretty simple guy. Um, I do not like cryptic things. I don't like cryptic phrases. I don't like, uh, I don't like things that I can't figure out. Anybody with me? I say most, most everybody in this room is smarter than me. But <laughs> all right, so you know, what is the will of God? You know, there was this when I was in Bible college. There was this pastor who had come through, or not a pastor, he's an evangelist, and um, he was one of those really upbeat, run across the platform kind of guys. He was always very exciting. He was the kind of uh, preacher that the whole room would erupt whenever he would, whenever he would speak. And he always had these messages that were like that, like rhymed and and. Uh, like danced around, and I, I, it was easy to say amen and get excited about, but I, honestly, between you and I, I never understood most of them. I was like, the salvation, the Dalmatian plantation. Everybody's like, yes! And I was like, I don't understand anything that's being taught right now. So I don't like stuff like that. So I would like to, to try to take a very focused, very simple look at what is the will of God. What does the will of God look like? Now, we would agree that we are all very different in this room, right? Very obviously so. We all come from very different backgrounds, right? Very obviously so. We all look different. We are all at different places in life, in career, whatever the case may be. So, is the will of God different for everybody? Well, I hope to answer that today because, yes, and no, what is the will of God for every single person in this room? How do you know when you've obtained it? How do you know when you're in it? Well, I'd like to try to answer that today, again, very, very simply. And I would, I would go ahead and presume that any, everybody in this room 
want to be in the will of God, right? I know I want to be in the will of God. Um, I would presume that everybody in this room, the reason why you're here is you are um, submitted to God's will for your life. That is what our heart's desire is. Um, and we, we know, we, we want God's will because we know that is, that's what is best for us. You know, that's what we've learned in church for all these years. We know that God's will is the right will for our lives. And we want, as Romans 8.28, let's, let's turn there, Romans 8.27 and 28, very familiar verses, so we'll go ahead and read those together. I'll begin reading in verse number 27. And he said, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Verse number 28, this is the one that we all have memorized. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. You know, we know that verse, and we want our all things to work together for good, right? Am I alone on that? No, we, we want that. We want the, all things to work together for good. But notice the verse does not say all things are good, right? Would you agree with me that life is full of bad things? Would you agree with me that life is full of bad outcomes, right? It's made up of a lot of things that we don't like, but that's not the point of the verse. The point of the verse is that all those things, and again, this is a familiar concept, all those things work together for good, but it does not say they work together for good for everyone. They very specifically work together for good for whom? To those that love God. To those that love God. To the, uh, and what is the mark of, the, uh, of obedience? What is a mark of obedience that Jesus talks about a lot? If you love me, keep my commandments. When Jesus talked to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, you know, you know you, I, I love you. Feed my sheep. Three times, right? Obey my will. Right? If we um, want our all things to work together for good, we must be submitted or obedient to the will of God. But, again, that's our question. What is the will of God? Again, that's the question I would like to answer today. What is the will of God? Um, turn with me, if you would, over to Proverbs chapter number 3. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter number 3. So we want those all things to work together for good. So we must be obedient to God's will, right? To the will of God. So when it comes to the path of our life or the will of God for our lives, God knows the placement and the timing of everything. And that tends to mess with us. Let's look at uh, verse number uh, five and six of Proverbs chapter three. The Bible says, again, this is very simple, but I believe it's very important for us. It's important for me. Uh, Proverbs chapter three, verse number five says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Okay, so this is where we're starting, right? Trusting in God. Trusting in God, putting our faith in God 
to direct our paths. Notice the first verse there, verse uh, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And what? Lean not unto thine own understanding. How many of you are control freaks? Anybody? Okay, don't put your hands up. That's embarrassing, right? Okay, I'm going to assume that just everybody is here. You know, we like to be in charge of things that concern us directly, right? Things that affect us. Um, how many of you are not good passengers in a car? Oh, man. I, I am not a good passenger in a car. You know, when, when somebody else is driving, you know what I'm doing over in the passenger seat? If they've got one of those handles on the ceiling, that's me. my knuckles are white, and I'm pushing that that pretend break. How many of you do that? Right? We like to be in control. We like, we like to be in charge of the navigation for, the, for our lives. We like, to, we like to know what's coming next. We want to be the one turning the steering wheel. We, we want to be the one in control. That's how we are as humans. And so these verses here, when he says, lean not unto thine own understanding, that is hard. Because my understanding, I like to plan things out. I like to know what comes next. I like to know what the end of my story is. But God says, no, don't lean on your own understanding. So what is the flip side to that? If I'm not going to lean on, on my own understanding, verse number six, the Bible says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct thy paths. What does acknowledge mean? If I'm supposed to acknowledge him in all my ways, acknowledge means to observe or to be aware of. So observe or be aware of God in what? All of my ways. One of the most besetting sins of mankind right now is we want to operate independently from God. It happens out in the world, and it happens with Christians, too. Yeah, we want to look like a Christian. We want to sit in church and have that family atmosphere, but we want to do our own thing. I, I want to navigate. God, I want to sit in the driver's seat. But God says, no. Do not lean on your own understanding. The things that you think, I don't need them. Instead, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and What? He shall direct thy paths. Amen. Notice here also, so this is, this is where it, gets, it goes a step further here. Does it say, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path? No. Hmm. We, we get this idea that um, God has this, this path for us. He sets us on it, winds us up, Right? We could just stay on that for the rest of our lives. It's not as simple as that. Is it, how many in here have a super simple life? Like, no complications. Everything's the same always. Right? I wish my life was like that. How many of you would just wish life would calm down a little bit? Yeah, right? God is there when we acknowledge him in everything we do, when we observe him in all of our ways, he will direct our paths, plural. Wherever life takes us, God will direct that. Um, we, we get this, uh, we, we kind of misconstrue the idea of the Christian life a, a little bit. Um, how many of you are familiar with the term the straight and narrow? Right? We hear that, it's like, oh, you gotta stay on the straight and narrow, right? 
Uh, we've, heard, we've heard that verse before, but it's, it's actually taken from Scripture. Who knows where that's taken from? Right? Yeah, I'm hearing it, right? Uh, broad is the way, right? It talks about the, the straight gate, the narrow path. Um, the straight and narrow, let me, okay, so straight. What does straight mean when it's talking about the gate? Is it talking about it's rigid and, okay, this is, I'm going to stay here forever? Straight means fixed, unmoving, meaning it does not change. It, it remains the same forever, and that being the gate or salvation, right? So that doesn't change. There's one way to heaven. It will always be that. So it's not saying, you know, the wind-up doll that goes, you know, forever in one line, straight meaning fixed, and narrow, narrow meaning troubled and afflicted on all sides. How many of you have a troubled and afflicted life? <laughs> right? okay. You don't have to raise your hands every time if you, if you feel like you're giving something away. But um, so our, our paths are not like, you know, it's, it's not that the path is skinny and unchanging. It is multiple paths that God directs us on in his will. Um, so when he says acknowledge me and all thy ways acknowledge him, that means heed his words and he will direct thy paths. Let's continue here. Uh, Psalm 119, if you would. Psalm 119, verse 103. Again, very simple concept, very familiar words to us. 119, verses 103. We're talking about heeding the word of God. Verse 103 says, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Right, you can't taste something that you're not consuming, right? Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Verse 104, through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Remember, we're talking about those ways, that path, that, that will of God. Verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. So again, if we're, we're talking about God's will here, and uh, here this, this illustration in verse number 125, uh, verse 105 talks about God's word being a what? A lamp, right? A lamp and a light. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This gives us the idea that everything else is shrouded in mystery. Right? Because why else do you need a, a light? Do we need a flashlight in this room right now? No, it's because I can see around. I'm not going to stub my toe on the side of the desk. I can see well. I need a light when it is, when it's dark, when I don't know what is out there. Uh, this verse says that God's word is a, la a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my, unto my path. I brought with me today a lamp. Okay? These are pretty cool. How many of you ever used one of these before? They're awesome, right? What a time to be alive. That's on, right? Yeah, this is, this is really cool. So this is, this is my lamp. I, I used this exact lamp one time with Mr. John Snow, and actually Mo, uh, Molly, Molly was there as well. Um, uh, um, many of you know that I do a little bit of running, and this particular race that I ran ran all the way across Connecticut. It was 112 miles, so it took almost 30 hours to run this whole race. In the middle of the night, when it was at its absolute darkest, do you know where I was? 
I was on those skinny little trails on the top of Castle Craig. How many of you have ever been up there before? Yeah. You know what the problem with those trails is up there? They put them right next to the cliffs. It's, it is horrifying. Not the place you want to be on tired legs in the middle of the night. So you know what I was wearing? I was wearing this lamp. And I was running along. And you know where I had it aimed? Did I have it aimed at the finish line 50 miles away? No. Where did I have it aimed? Down at my feet. Why? So I could see. So I could see the next place I was going to put my foot. This doesn't light up a very big area. We, John and I talk about this. We joke. It's like existing in a circle of light. Right? You're just there. Everything else is dark, forest, cliffs of death on this side, right? But you have just enough light for that next step, maybe two. Don't worry, I won't wear this the whole time. God's word is the same way. It is a lamp. Is it a lamp that shines on 70 years in the future? No. Where it Where's the lamp shining? Right at my feet, which gives me just enough light for the next step. Once I've accomplished that step, it gives me enough light for the next step. Right? I want to give you a little illustration here. Try not to hurt myself because these, these chairs, I think, are about 180 years old. Right? All right. So let's pretend this is my goal, okay? My wife is back there, scared to death of what's going to happen. All right, so I want to get to that chair. Yeah, she, oh, she's shaking back there. All right, how many of you think I can make that? And Molly's like, yeah. And my wife's about to sock you in the back of the head, though. All right, so that's where I want to be. Had I landed my feet on that, what would have happened? I probably, the message would probably be over, right? <laughs> I would probably be dead in a pile, right? If this scraped me off the floor. Thank God he doesn't make us do it that way. God gives us his word. Oh, it's down there. All right, my lamp. This will, be, this will be my lamp. The rest of my path is shrouded in mystery and darkness. God's word gives us just enough. This is scarier than jumping off the platform. Just enough light to take that next step.
one day at a time. Now, Mr. Reimers is nervous. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thank you, chairs, for not ruining my illustration. Okay. So we somehow, because of our, our human nature, we want to know the end of our path. And I have to hurry up here. I'm not nearly as far as I wanted to be at this point. We want to know the end of our path. We don't want the day-to-day -day work of taking one step at a time. We want to, when, often when we say, man, I really want to know the will of God, you know what we're saying? I want to know the future. We need to get rid of that mindset and realize that the will of God is not a destination. The will of God is daily steps of faith illuminated by the word of God. So do you know how you know if you're in the will of God? Do you know, want to know if you're in the will of God? It's if you're obeying what the Bible told you today. It's as simple as that. You don't need to know the future to be in the will of God. Remember, I, I said at the beginning, all of our lives are very different. I'm going to be on the mission field by Wednesday because it's a long flight. Pastor, he's a pastor of a church, youth pastor, man that wears many hats, one of the greatest singers I've ever heard, right? And he's using that for God's will. We all are doing something different just because we don't have this big, quote-unquote, destination that we're currently at. That doesn't mean you're not in the will of God. The will of God is made up of thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of tiny steps. And if you're taking a step today, if you're obeying what the Bible told you to do, that one step that the Word of God illuminated, if you do that today, that is the will of God, and you are in the will of God. The adverse is also true. If I am not heeding God's Word, if I am not, so we, we, are, we all have access to a Bible. I can see it. You can't hide it. If we see what the Bible illuminates and don't take that step and they say, man, I wish I was in the will of God and we're looking off to the future. I'm not in the will of God. How many of you played with Legos when you were a kid? Right? First hand up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many of you ever got one of those great big Lego sets? Yeah. What does it come with? Instructions. Aren't you glad you didn't have to look at the front of the box and try to figure it out with all those pieces? Yeah. I'm so thankful that God didn't say, all right, Matt, you're saved. I want you to be a missionary. See you in 70 years. That would be like me trying to jump for that chair, right? It would not end pretty. So God said, okay, you're saved. Read your Bible and take this tiny step of faith that I've illuminated for you. Great, you're in my will. Next day comes. All right, Matt, take this tiny step of faith that I've illuminated with my word. Okay, all right, great. You're in the will of God. 
that's the will of God. That's the will of God for every single one of us, is daily steps illuminated by God's word. I think often we'll look at the Bible and we'll look at these um, great historical figures of the Bible. We'll look at somebody like Esther, right? What was God's will for her? In our eyes, we're like, she saved many people alive. You know, it's exciting. Wow. She saved her people, right? Or we look at somebody like King David. He, he, he was king, you know, awesome. Or we look at somebody like, uh, say, the, the Apostle Paul. You know, he had a, a successful ministry. Or probably the best example of this, we'll look at somebody like Joseph and say, he saved many people alive, right? Because, of, because second in command under Pharaoh, that's awesome. And we think of those big destinations as the will of God, which they are part of it, but that is, again, the will of God is not a destination. We want the Queen Esther, but we don't want all the danger and persecution that led to that, those steps along the way. We want the King David, but we don't want the sleeping in caves and having javelins thrown at us, right? We want the second in command to Pharaoh. We don't want to be thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, lied about, thrown into prison, forgot about, right? Were those not not good things? Were those not part of God's will also? They were just as much a part of the will as the end of the story. And so often, like I said, we look at these big stories of the Bible and we look at the end and we have the benefit of hindsight. And we know the phrase, you know, every, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? We have the benefit of hindsight in these biblical characters. They didn't know it was around the bend. All they knew is they were being obedient in the moment. And you and I don't have the benefit of hindsight for our own lives. I can honestly say now I look back at even the last five years, twists and turns in my family's life that I did not understand, now, with the benefit of hindsight, I can see clear as day how God wove a perfect tapestry with my life to get me where I am today. And it's a beautiful thing to look back on but it is very often not fun to be in. And that's the same with all of us. You don't have the benefit of hindsight for what's in the future of your life. You don't know what the destination is. That is not important right now. What is important right now is that illuminated next step. What is the word of God telling you today? And with faith and with trust in God's word and not leaning on our own understanding and taking those individual steps, we have the will of God. Proverbs 24, verse 16. We're almost done here. For the just man falleth seven times, and riseth up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. The just man. So this man, 
He falls, right? We all fall. How many of you would join me? You don't have to raise your hands. I fall. I fall. I, I am often wrong. And I used this illustration before. If I were to move the first three chairs out of the way and take a flying leap and try to land on that chair, that would end in a mess, right? But if I take these individual steps, now if I fall on my way, it's a lot easier to get back up again. If I fall here, not nearly as bad if I had tried to take a flying leap. Put your faith in God and not your own understanding. Again, we like to be in control. We like to be in charge. And we like to try to know the future. The will of God is not a destination. It is day-to-day -day steps. If you would go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. That's where we'll finish today. Let's go ahead and pray.